Welcome back to the Love Letters to Virginia podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Pazmino. This is my personal ghost story. So Anatazzi Barbe is my comedy writing partner. We write sketches for Andy Narwhal Productions, that is her brand, and we were invited from the Little Theatre of Norfolk's podcast, it's called Ghostlight. So from the sound of it, I assumed that meant we were going to be talking about cool, creepy things. I didn't really understand what it had to do with the theater until we got there. And it turns out that the ghost light is actually the light that they keep on behind the stage for the rest of the production. So they they can see what they're doing so that you don't have this big floodlight back there so you see what's going on quite literally behind the curtain. Anyway, so we're doing our interview. They serve us dinner. It was amazing. And... While we're eating the dinner, I keep looking over at Anna, and she keeps looking over at me. And then we look over into the back of the auditorium. And then we look over at each other again. And after a little while, it started to feel like I could hear her thoughts. And later on, she told me that it was like she could hear mine. So I kind of pause the conversation during dinner and I go, all right, I got to ask, is this theater haunted? And BA looks up at me and she goes, yeah. So the former chair people, I believe it was Dick and Jean, a man and a woman who were best friends. And um, they always used to sit at the back of the theater. Now, I didn't see anybody sitting in the back of the theater. I saw somebody walking around, kind of pacing back and forth in, like, the lobby area between where you enter the building and where you enter the theater. There were some crew members there that night, but they were all there early in the day or in the evening there behind us, working on the stage, closing things down. There was no one in that area of the theater that night. It was the four of us. And I got this tingly sensation. I thought it was just because I was cold, but it was the middle of June under floodlights and I was wearing a black jacket anyway. I got this tingle and then I started to hear a man's voice say you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing don't let your fear get in your way anymore and I look over at Anna and her eyes just were wide with astonishment and I'm thinking did she just hear it too? We finish about midnight, almost one o'clock. She actually drove me 
there from her house, so we drove back to her house, and on the drive I go, Anna, did you hear, did you hear a voice say something to you? And she goes, okay, alright, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you, what? You heard it too? And I said, before I tell you anything, what did you hear? And she goes, there was a woman's voice that told me, don't be afraid. You are doing exactly what you're doing. Keep it up. It was almost the exact same message. I think she heard Jean's message, and I heard Dick's message. They were best friends. They wrote together. I think that it's perfectly fitting, and this is why Anna and I were destined to work together. So for those of you who have been listening to several of the episodes, you probably know I'm from New York originally. Hi, bagels, coffee, water, all that good stuff. Um, my family, my immediate family moved us down here when I was really little, and we were pretty much alone here for the first decade and a half, and then when I was 15, my grandma and some of her adult children came to live right around the corner in Virginia Beach, and we were helping them get the house painted and things kind of cleaned up and moved around before they got here. And I have always been an avid reader. I will admit it's been a long time since I read a book or a novel, but I still read articles all the time. Anyway, I was definitely reading books at this point. I was deep in the middle of one, one of the days we were painting and waiting for the paint to dry, waiting for lunch to arrive because the kitchen was in a state of disrepair. I am sitting in the bedroom of one of the bedrooms in the hallway, and I just get this funny sensation, but I just kind of brushed it off. I was like, it's a new place. I never really feel comfortable in a new place immediately. And I'm just reading, and then suddenly the door to the bedroom just closes. The air is not on, blah, blah, blah. I get up and prop the door back open. Sit back down, start reading that book again. It waits maybe 30 seconds before it slams shut this time. I go to open it, and when I turn around to sit back down, I see that the closet doors that had been opened... There was a pale, naked woman with bright red hair hanging from the closet. And as I started to scream and, like, blink profusely, she disappeared. And my my mom came running in. My dad had just fallen off the ladder in the kitchen trying to fix stuff up, and it's just utter chaos. And I, I don't know why she decided to present herself. We're still not entirely sure if she is who we think she is, but there was a sketchy moment when a neighbor came up to my aunt after they had moved in, and she was like, have you seen... I know you guys just moved in here. Um, 
have you seen Sarah? And my aunt was like, who is Sarah? And she was like, oh, you know, she lived there with her husband, and um, they had a tumultuous relationship. And one day she just kind of disappeared. And my aunt said, oh, okay, great, cool. So we believe that, unfortunately, there are parts of Sarah's remains still left on the property because that was only the first time she has appeared. My grandma saw her running around frantically in the middle of the night. She, she described her skin as blue, but with the fiery red hair running around naked in her bedroom, crying and screaming. I can only imagine what happened to that poor woman. My niece has seen her. My aunt has experienced her. She said that she was sitting in her bedroom, which is adjacent to the room I had my experience in. And um, she's just sitting there looking at her emails and her ponytail flew up from behind her head and smacked her in the face. There are strange, unexplainable things in that house. And it's only gotten worse since my niece and nephew have been here and they don't want to go anywhere near that hallway and I can't really blame them. This one's dedicated to Arvind and Yashvi. So I learned a little bit more about the urban legend of the Bunny Man Bridge. It turns out that that actually happened in Fairfax, Virginia, which is right where our friends Yashvi and Arvind are at. So I asked them if they knew of any films that were based on true stories that were stories that happened in Virginia. So there is a film called The Nightmare at Bunnyman Bridge. It is a short film. It is locally made, so it never hit the box office. I'm sure they probably never heard of it. But um, the story is that there was a bus transporting mental hospital patients from one facility to another, and there was a serious deadly accident. And the majority of the people on the bus died that day, except for one patient. He escaped from the bus, and he started to kill bunnies and hang them from the bridge. And that is how that urban legend started. So that is the truth to the story. And multiple sources like to kind of twist things around that he was actually also murdering people. Which, I mean, if the guy was never caught, there's a high likelihood that he could have been up to some other nefarious behavior. Hey, it's BA. Um, so I have a whole bunch of random ghost stories because I work in theater and it happens. Uh, but I'm going to tell you the one, uh, that happened first, um, when I was working in upstate New York, it was my first contract out of college. Um, so I check into company housing at a theater that's going to remain unnamed for right now. Um, and I find out two things that my roommate isn't there yet. She's going to come later. Um, and that I'm checking into room 13 on the top floor of this old Victorian mansion that was apparently owned originally by the guy who invented screens, like window screens. So, you know, huge house has like a back house. It's beautiful. Um, 
So I go and I move into my room and I've got a bunch of extra boxes that I put into the closet. And to do this, I have to like tilt them 90 degrees and shove them like straight up past the shelf on the top of the closet and then kind of let them fall onto the shelf. So they're, they're pretty well stuck up there. Um, and I'm not thinking much of it. I go to work the next day. I come home. Uh, all my stuff, all the boxes have fallen off the shelf. All my stuff's all over the closet. So I put the stuff back in the boxes. I put the boxes, boxes back up on the shelf. It's still a pain in the butt to get them up there. Um, and this happens for like two weeks. Um, and I'm still not thinking much of it. I'm just like, wow, like how do these keep falling? Uh, kind of oblivious. Um, so load-in happens uh, two weeks later. And my roommate is actually coming straight from college to load in. And she's over on the West Coast in like Arizona or something. So she literally like gets off a plane and goes straight to our like 24-hour load in shift. Um, so we get done loading in the set and we're all pretty exhausted. But also there's adrenaline running. We all want to wind down. So we decide to have some beers uh, out in the hallway. Um, and we're trying to be quiet because my roommate has decided that she is not down for beers. She is exhausted and she just wants to sleep. Um, so we're sitting outside having a couple of beers, kind of trying to get into the spirit of maybe going to bed at a really weird time when all of a sudden we hear this crash coming from my room and I'm like, Oh crap. Uh, and my new friend Jenny is like, what happened? And I was like, I'm sorry. It's like the ghost in my closet. He hates that the boxes are up there. I'm going to, my roommate's in there. She's probably freaked out. I'm going to go and I go in and I'm like, I'm so sorry. The ghost, he hates the boxes. I will just leave them on the floor so that they don't crash anymore. I just, I, I'm, I didn't mean to freak you out. Like I didn't know they would do that. Um, and of course, like she's bolt upright in bed looking at me like I am absolutely nuts. Uh, and my friend Jenny from outside just walks slowly into the room and yells to nothing. Stop messing with BA. We like her. And then walks out of the room. And I'm just kind of like, um, okay. And my new roommate is like, um, okay. And she's like, I'm going to go back to sleep. And I was like, cool. And we quietly shut the door and we went back to like having our beers. And I looked at Jenny and I was like, what was that about? And she goes, oh, I had that room last year. Um, and I was sitting there reading a book and I looked up and there was a guy in a civil war uniform costume, like a union uniform standing in the doorway. And I thought it was one of the interns messing with me. So I went back to reading my book and then I looked up again because they didn't say anything and they were gone. She was like, there is, there's something there. And I mean, I, I obviously can't verify her end of things, but I do know that the next day I got up and I put all my stuff back into those boxes and I put them back on the top shelf of the closet the exact same way that I had for two weeks then. And they never fell off the shelf again. This is my first Virginia review from my friend, graphic designer, Jenny Zell. Check her out at Zell's Bells. Um, just testing the thing to see if it works. Why is Virginia Beach the snobbiest city in Hampton Roads? Look at it. But it's snobby. Let's face it. Okay, thanks. Bye.